Dude, yeah, let's do this. All right. Uh, again, test the microphone, headphones. Dude, let me hear you say yup. Yup. Let me hear you say turn up. Turn up. Uh, let me hear you say these what? Uh, I'm I'm not gonna answer that. Uh, I meant I mean these what? All right, so uh, dude, you know what? I have to check my schedule again. I forgot how I run these podcasts, dude. Can you believe that? Forgot your own syllabus, huh? Must be a first year yeah. professor. Oh man, definitely not on tenure yet. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Squad Pod again. This is our second episode, and I am here with a new guest, and his name is Justin Liu. Awkward silence to follow. It's Justin Liu. Yep. Um, Justin. Um, how how does it feel to not be first? Um, it feels pretty good because I mean, yeah, like you said, no one's gonna listen to the first one, so like I might get like a couple more views here in the second episode. So that's nice. Also, it, um... it's it's nice going second because like you know the layout. It's like. You're doing like a competition, and you want to see the the first person go first, so like you see all their mistakes, you know what not to do. And yeah, that's that's pretty slick. That's pretty slick. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we get into the movie that we're gonna be talking about, let's do that little game. And I'm gonna introduce the game again because it's um you know still the second podcast. So, um, the game that we do is where my guests will bring in three movies, and they try to guess three movies that I have not seen. And they try to do game like they try to do movies that are well received, right? So things that are worth the watch. So Justin, what are your three movies for me? It's the three strikes you're out, cause yeah, if you if you, if you get all three wrong, you get struck out. Then I, the I have to kick over. you out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, have to, I have to kick you out, dude. So <laughs> all right, well, you know, we'll start off with um, I I think there's a good chance you haven't seen this one. This doesn't seem like your personality, but the movie's called Greyhound. Came out in 2020. Yeah. Heard of Wait it? a minute. I got to fact check this. Is this actually 75% on Rotten Tomatoes? It's 79%. Oh, shoot, dude. Mm. All right. You got me. Greyhound yeah. War Film with Tom Hanks. Oh. That's right. What do you have um, to say about that film? I actually, okay, well, I mean, for, I guess for people who don't know me already, I'm like a big, like, adrenaline junkie. I love action movies. Like, I'm really into war movies and like historical films so i feel like this one was um so this one's about um world war ii and about uh, a united states um destroyer that was sent out to protect cargo ships like merchant ships because german submarines called u-boats were sinking and like were sinking all the cargo ships and killing like civilians who like run the cargo ships and that was not good so like stories like these i feel like are really powerful and it was actually really well done and because of COVID, they didn't release it in theaters. It was going to be, but then they had to, they had to take it out. And because of that, a lot of people might not have heard about it. But most, I guess not most, but I definitely heard of some like well-received critics or like articles saying that like this one could have been really good if it had played, if it had played in theaters. Yeah, I think a big problem that it premiered on Apple TV. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Even, I didn't even know there was like a subscription thing for Apple TV. Have you ever heard of Apple? 
Uh, I mean, I heard of like pears and oranges, but not really. Uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a rare fruit. Oh, All right, shoot. dude, you're you're one for one, dude. Okay. You're on the same track as Charles so far. So can you uh, outdo him? Okay, I feel like you I feel like nobody has heard of this next one. It's called All Love right. and Monsters. Love and Monsters. Yeah. What is that? Let me. I gotta look it up now. Uh, and you know, really just like putting up all these movies, I don't know. Just, uh, just so you know, it's a ninety-two percent Rotten Tomatoes. Ninety-two. Yeah, that's Love pretty and high, Monsters. Right? Wait a minute. Why can't I find it? What is this? Oh, these are. This is a new one. Yeah, yeah. Both of the ones I said are twenty twenty. Dang, you're throwing out the 2020 films. Dang, I have not seen a lot of 2020 films. So you do another 2020 film, you probably you probably won. You probably won't get struck out. You already got two, so I guess I can't strike you out. I guess I can't yeah, that's you right. <laughs> I mean, I I can do one from before 2020. I have one in mind, too. Ooh, but okay. if you want me to... All right, yeah, yeah. So, um, hmm. All right, I'm going to go with Togo. Came out 2019. Togo. Ah, ha-ha, that's good, huh? You know, I I thought that like coming on here, having seen like like six hundred eighty plus movies, I would I would have thought that like you know, I would be pretty good. But I guess I'm I guess I suck. No, no, I just have an advantage. Like I know you, like I know your personality, I know your interests, and therefore I can gauge like what movies you watch. Dang. But, well, see, I guess this is something about me. Togo is also based on on like historical events. So everyone's heard of Balto, right? But. Like, unfortunately, the truth is that Balto only ran the last leg of the race, and because he delivered the vaccine that saved all the little kids in Alaska, Balto got all the recognition as the sled dog. But Togo was a dog that ran, like, I don't know, was it? Yeah, I think it was, like, over some hundreds of miles before that. So Togo was, like, a real hard worker. And he didn't get any attention because he didn't finish the race, so nobody knew about him. But then Disney came out with the movie in 2019, and I was like, wow. So he's really... he's the hidden carry. He's the sixth man. He is, yeah. You should watch it. All right. Well, who knew you knew so much about my movie preference? Because I'm pretty <laughs> open to a lot of stuff, dude. And you see, you like historical stuff, then um, you probably like Lord of the Rings, right? Oh, yeah. I watched it this summer. Every single one of them it was good. But oh, they wow. said that's not historical. That's like, wait, why did you say historical? Is it not in your history book? All right. You're trolling me. Moving on. I got <laughs> Wait, played. I'm the host. I say what's moving on. You, you, dude, you can't, you can't do that. Not true, my bad. All right, yeah, oh, we man. can talk about the uh, the history of Lord of the Rings. Nah, it's it's. I I I, I was joking. If you didn't know, did, did you know that? Yeah, I knew that afterward. After I got played. <laughs> yeah, how's how's it feel to get played on the on the podcast? I don't know, man. It's been a long day. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> All right, but the real history that we're going to talk about is a, his, the most historical movie ever, Ford v. Ferrari. Yeah, what a way to start my, my podcast, man. Two very, 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 very American movies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that'll yeah, love it. And uh, I think the next one's going to be pretty American, too. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, Ford v. Ferrari is a Marvel movie directed by Zack Snyder where the genius playboy billionaire Ford takes on Ferrari, the sole survivor of Krypton, in a battle to the death. All right. I think I got on the wrong podcast here. I'm going to have to step out. But did, 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 we see this, did we see the same movie? 
No, no. See, I watched the Ford v Ferrari where they fight it out on Mars. So I don't, I don't know what this Krypton stuff you're talking about is. Oh. All right, we're done trolling. We're done trolling. We're done trolling. For real now. For real now. For real now. Right, 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 Justin. Yeah, for real. For real. All right. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for keeping me in check. All right, but in all serious though, Ford v Ferrari is directed by James Mangold. It's a story about Ken Miles and Carol Shelby, and they are given a task by Ford to design a Ford race car to compete against Ferrari at the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Now that's correct, right, Justin? That's right. Yes, that's the movie we saw, and it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Film Editing, Best Sound Editing, and Sound Mixing. I'm actually glad this was nominated. I feel like a lot of people said it didn't deserve to be, but I think it's I'm I'm pretty happy that it was nominated. It got the yeah, recognition that I think it deserved, because I think James Mangold is an underrated director. If you look at his track record, it's actually pretty good, and not a lot of people talk about him. So I'm really glad he got the recognition. What are your thoughts on, um, or initial thoughts that you would just want to get out there about Ford v. Tesla? Uh, I, I don't think we're at the electric vehicle stage yet. So, uh, um, but, you know, Ford v. Ferrari, I don't oh, know. I'm sorry, my bad. It's, uh, that's okay. You know, sorry like that for a second. Honestly, I'd say it was probably one of my favorite movies of the year. And I really appreciate, like, the historical accuracy. Obviously, some parts are exaggerated, but most of it's uh, historically accurate and it portrays the personalities of the characters pretty well too and just like the actors who played them regardless of you know if they if the personality is like 100 percent correct i feel like the personalities in the movie it's like the development is pretty strong their acting is just really good and the overall like scenes like the action scenes the way it was filmed like it's just really entertaining and the fact oh, that yeah. it's and it tells like a true story of like many, many people's hard work and dedication, like over the years to, to make this like Ford race car come to reality. Like, I feel like the fact that it honors their memory and their hard work is also pretty great. Definitely, dude. I, that's, I think that's the, one of the best aspects that I like, the hard work part. And we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get in more into that once we dive more into it. Mm-hmm. Um, are you a car junkie, Justin? No, are you? No particularly i mean like i i don't have a specific like passion for them but i feel like i i have like a good above average understanding of them okay okay i i don't know much except for fixing a few things on a car but yeah. that's good yeah but yeah I mean, i'm not you, into that. you knew what ford was right and ferrari oh yeah, yeah i definitely know mercedes yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right but um yeah i'm not i'm not huge in the cars when people ask me like i know like ford i mean yes i know ford but then like if you actually take me out in a walk and you and you're like hey check out that ferrari i'll be like which one's a ferrari <laughs> you know like i'm just not into that like car stuff like i think oh, that's okay. cool to me a car is just transportation where i can listen to music too so for me the part of the car that i care about the most is the sound system okay okay gotta blast my tunes true turn up the bass right yeah but you on the other hand who listens to country music probably just rolls down his windows and rides down a country road that's right it's the best thing ever all right and you, you see the you see the line do you see the line when you hit uh 7000 rpm oh man dude wait we, we actually need to talk about that this, i actually love that quote so much like it seems so like 
like weird and like hippie or I don't know. It just feels like man, like this guy's like kind of kind of weird. But I I just appreciate the passion of like the passion of people who experience things like that in that way. Like that quote, it's like wait, I even wrote it down. It was like there's a point at seven thousand RPMs where everything fades. The machine becomes weightless. It disappears. All that's left a body moving through space and time. It's like all right, that's kind of like doesn't doesn't make any sense. But then it doesn't need to make sense because it just shows like how much people love like the cars or the feeling of racing and driving. And now I myself don't do any racing because I would get many points on my driver's license. But I can definitely appreciate people who do this professionally. You don't you don't drag race? Um, you know, I don't think my uh, Toyota Corolla would be too good at that. That's lame, man. Everyone everyone who's cool is doing it. Oh really? Yeah, you do that. Yeah, yeah. What do you? What? Why do you think I get a lack of sleep? Uh, I, I mean, I guess you're right. I don't really know. Must be from all the drag racing events every night. Nah, just kidding. I go to sleep at a proper time. I, dude, that's bad stuff, man. Come on, don't encourage that. Okay, wait. Okay, wait. Never mind. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm messing with you more than Charles. <laughs> Holy, <laughs> I can tell. So yeah, uh, you you love this movie. You say it's one of your favorites of 2019, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang. Okay. Okay. Um, but I actually got to see this in theaters. Did you get to see this in theaters? I did not. No. Oh, you scumbag. <laughs> oh shoot! I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I got that out. Ah, uh, you you dingus! You dingus! That better? Yeah, better. Okay. I'm sorry. I hurt your feelings. But I actually got to see this in theaters, and it is definitely a movie to see in theater so you should envy me right now yeah i do i'll admit when i first watched it and i will definitely say the second time I watched it i enjoyed it a lot more so thank you for telling me to watch this again because i enjoyed it <laughs> when i watched it again even more than the first time but the first time um there were some parts that i felt were kind of down a little bit like it, it is pretty long as a two hour 30 minutes i know a lot of movies are that time but you can kind of feel the time within this movie. But when that third act hit, that race scene from Le Mans, yeah. the term edge of your seat actually applied to me when I was yes. sitting in that theater. Yeah. And I loved it, dude. The big screen and the, the great sound system, they did not hold anything back with the final, the Le Mans, 24 hours of Le Mans 66. I honestly think that the filmmaking of that race sequence was a masterpiece. Just putting it out there, you know. I, I would agree too. Like, man, I, I wish I had seen it in theater specifically for the parts where they're driving at like 200 mile per hour down the straightaways, and they put it in like first person view of the driver. Like seeing that in the theater on like a giant screen, that must be crazy. Yeah, the camera movement, the movement through the like in and out around the cars. There's like there's like the drone shot that was very very impressive. I think it's about the time he, I think he might have beat Bandini, and then like. There's this like really when he's doing the, the the perfect lap. I think there's a drone shot. If I'm wrong, it's like either before, but there's like this really really nice shot. I, I actually have, like I actually wonder how they do it, especially with the stunt. Oh my voice cracked, especially with the stunt driving. I think one one of the cars like the one where Christian Bale was like bloody hell like that part when he like oh yeah, yeah. just exit. I think those cars are those are like real cars crashing right flying around. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. Like, I don't know how much special effects you can put into a movie, but it looked pretty realistic. Yeah, I know they they're able to do it with a without a driver inside, like remote. But man, that it, it, when that first car, the red car, just like flips out, I'm just like, awesome. 
<laughs> not that I like car crashes though. Yeah, but... yeah, I know what you mean. But like, this is like, I mean, that just illustrates like the true intensity of like professional racing, especially back then where there weren't that many safety features. Like your yeah, life definitely. is online every second of the race, but you love it. Yeah, man. But yeah, though that racing scene, we'll get we'll get into that later. But it is thrilling and exciting. What do you have to say for yourself, Justin? For, for myself? Yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, I must have very good taste in movies if, uh, you know, the famous Noah Rule shares the same opinions as me. Yeah. Much like we see this, like, you know, we share the same opinion that Shark Tale's the best, right? What? <laughs> Wait. All right. Ford V uh, Toyota. What, what do you think about the soundtrack? I actually really like the soundtrack of it. The The rock and metal not a lot of people talk about, but especially in the race sequence, the soundtrack really kicks in. But what about you? So, uh, so I didn't pay too much attention to the soundtrack, but I will say that um, it definitely fit. Um, it fit all the scenes and the, the overall theme of the movie really well. Honestly, I guess, I guess this goes to show how successful the soundtrack and everything else was. But mm-hmm. during those like high intensity racing scenes, I was so caught up in it. I too was on the edge of my seat that Dang. i can't really like pinpoint oh what exactly was the soundtrack because i was just so sucked into the moment interesting so you brought up themes what where, what do you think the themes are of this movie um the overall theme okay i did not do preparation for this one that's okay um, I, it's just a podcast no one cares right true yeah i mean well that that one guy listening so probably cares so, <laughs> yeah i think the theme is to not be afraid to to do what you love. I mean, I, I wouldn't take Ken Miles as a literal example, um, but I think it can be like a good inspiration. Like he he wanted to race and he loved cars. Even when the IRS like padlocked his garage, um, well, I guess not even like, okay, yeah, so the, the IRS padlocked his garage um, and he basically like decided to throw racing out the window. But like when the opportunity came back up, even though his, he and his wife fought about it, like, he took the opportunity opportunity again anyway because it's just what he truly loves and sometimes it might not always work out sometimes it might not seem like there's anything in the future for it but you know you never know opportunities might come up and just like don't be afraid to take it even though it seems like you know you're 40 and old and it's time to get a day job and actually get a you know consistent salary to put food on the table but you only get one life and there's no need to get so caught up on like getting living the normal typical steady and safe life um at the cost of doing that once in a lifetime thing that you dreamed about Mm -hmm. yeah definitely it definitely relates to me as someone who does like art i saw it most in this scene do you remember the scene where i believe phil was leaving the garage he was talking to uh ken miles ken miles played by christian bale Dang, we we skipped over this, but we'll, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll get back to it. <laughs> you know, who cares? Who cares about structure? But um, so Christian Bale is like he asked Christian Bale, like, do you want to listen to the race or not? Because this was after Matt Damon told Christian Bale, we're not taking you to the race. They don't want right. you. You're not a leading man. And I really like Christian Bale's acting at that point because a lot of times you see him as like a hothead, right? But once he hears, we're not taking you. We're not taking you, Ken Miles. You, you see him just like his face kind of drops. And you see his disappointment. And 
yeah, I was like, dang, man. Like, he was kind of being a D sometimes, but, like, when you saw his disappointment, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, and just to clarify, when you said he's a D sometimes, you meant a dingus, right? Yeah, dingus. Oh, uh, yeah, what, okay. What, else, what were you thinking? Oh, you know, maybe, like, you know, like, doofus, you know, like, you know, doofus farts from oh, dingus yeah. and <laughs> Yeah, but those are a little bit more intense, so let's keep it on like dingus. Because, like, you know, this podcast is with the dingus. True. You're right. Okay. Wow. We already included the name of the podcast in the show. That's good. Yeah, but yeah, man. But I, I know exactly what scene you were talking about. And I would, I would go a step further to say it wasn't just disappointment. It was, like, complete hopelessness and desolation. Yeah. Like, the life in his face was just gone. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and it was it was a sad, it was a moving scene. Yeah. So returning back to that scene, so you saw we saw the disappointment in his face. And then Phil was like, hey, I'm leaving the garage. You want me to leave the radio on for you? Do you want to hear the race? And Christian Bell's like, No, that's okay. And then um as soon as the guy leaves, he immediately goes to the radio, turns it on, and just starts listening to it. And he stays all night just working on the car, working on the gearbox, I believe. Just working at it, and I mean, I can relate to that sometimes, especially um, just being like an artist. Like, I think artists are the ones who like stay up late. They are the ones who put all the extra time and effort into their work until they're satisfied. And I really got to like connect with that moment and just see him, despite him being a hothead, someone that's hard to uh, play along with. Just seeing him at a down point, but like you said, you see his passion. And he just goes for it, despite maybe not even being in a race. He still gets involved in the race. He loves this. He's not in the race, but he still listens to it. He's still working on the car. And he just, that's what he loves, man. That's his passion. So this movie is definitely a big theme is passion and uh, perseverance through that. Because like you said, he had to battle a lot of stuff. And we'll talk about those battles because those battles, they make you angry. Oh, yes. Oh, man. Well, I got, my blood was boiling at some point, but, you know, we'll get to that later. Uh, I believe the actor's name is Josh Lucas, I believe. Let me get my facts straight. Josh Lucas. Yeah. Leo BB. Yeah. (laughs) Leo BB. Oh, man. he, He makes you pissed. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh he just yeah. is relentless i know uh carol shelby and Kim Miles were relentless of getting the dream but they're relentless because this guy is so relentless and crushing all like ah uh, i think the part that pissed me off was at the very end where people were congratulating him and he's like oh yeah like thank you man oh my like, gosh he's just taking yeah. all that stuff despite yeah. him just like crushing like why the heck will you tell him to slow down? See, he just doesn't understand racing. I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Executives, like, executives just don't understand, man. They don't understand passion. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, um, yeah, so, you know, actually, so Leo Beebe, so not, not Josh Lucas, the real-life Leo Beebe. Um, mm-hmm. So there's actually, like, I looked up some um, historical accounts because when I first watched this, like, man, I was angry. I was like, man... Leo Beebe, this guy, what a, what a dingus, you know? Yeah, um, dingus. But from historical accounts, like, it's kind of half and half. Some people who, like, have, have, who had personal interactions, like, yeah, like, he was very arrogant, very uptight. But then there are also people who were, like, the Leo Beebe that was portrayed in the movie, like, I could never imagine, like, him being like that. 
so there's kind of both sides and you know i'll never know but um in the movie oh man yeah i mean i feel like you've already said a lot of negative things about him so i just want to say some nice things or the nicer things you know i think he's so arrogant he's so uptight he's like the epitome of privilege spoiled (laughs) like yeah upper class executive and these are the nice things you know (laughs) and like instead of working hard for his own success like shelby and ken miles did he doesn't want other people to have the success, especially people mm-hmm. below him. So he works hard to maintain his, his success, but make sure other people can't have it. And man, that's just that's just the one thing. And the fact that they're in such like different classes only makes it worse. Yeah. Dude, what a dingus. I know. But hey, honestly, though, good acting for all those actors. Like, if they can make you feel angry like that. Like... <laughs> yeah. All right. Then let's talk about the actors. Um, definitely the main two got the most spotlight and I think we'll focus on those, but I do want to say, and you can also sh- like share a little bit about the other characters besides Matt Damon and uh, Christian Bale, who you thought was great. I really like Phil. I forgot the actor's name. I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> Phil, you know who I'm talking, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the tall skinny dude that works for Shelby. Yeah. And I just really liked him as like, kind of like, he's kind of like the third in that little small group. Like he's like the second leader after Shelby. I like that part where, um, like the bloody door won't close, <laughs> and they're trying to get. He gets a hammer. Get out the way! <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh man, we'll talk about more about that when we get to the racing scene. But I really like his character. I like Molly. Um, how do I even say her name? I was looking at her cast. Wait, let me see. I don't know how to say her name. I don't know how to say the actress's name. <laughs> All I don't right. Well, you can just call whatever. her Molly. <laughs> yeah, I thought the Kyle. character of Molly was great. <laughs> That's the wife. As well as John Bernthal. Katrina Bell. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I, I might be butchering it. Yeah, let's just stick with Molly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. But any characters that stand out for you besides the main two? Yeah, definitely. Um... I, I was going to say Molly and uh, the guy who plays Henry Ford II, Top Dog, um, Hank Deuce, whatever his, the actor's name was. But um, yeah, I think, I think he definitely gave off the impression of like the, the prideful, most powerful man of the company. Um, he played that role pretty well. I don't, I don't think he ever smiles, but that only helps his, uh, the image he's trying to give off. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting, but like this entire movie and historical event events only happened because of his pride. Like True. Enzo Enzo Ferrari basically like insults him and curses at him. Um, and Henry Ford could have been like, all right, fine. Like the deal didn't go through. We didn't end up buying Ferrari. The owner of Ferrari is really mean and left it at that. But he was like, no, even though I have zero experience racing and have like, I don't know where to start. Just the fact that this man insulted me, I'm going to put him in the ground. <laughs> Yo, that's the American way. <laughs> is it? Yes, it is. <laughs> it really is. And not only did Ferrari feel his anger, and when John Bernthal, you know, said like, "Oh yeah, he called you fat. Yeah. He called you big-headed Ford the second. He said you're not Henry Ford. You're Henry Ford the second. Hey. And then Carol Shelby feels even more by saying, "Yo, you got him scared. You, we showed him like top speed, and he says, "Go for it. Get Ken Miles." 
and then dingus uh leo just keeps saying nah, he's not the guy man <laughs> that's the thing about ford v cadillac it's it's all about like the passion of these driving of driving engineer drive, like race car engineers uh drivers battling corporate interference yeah let's talk about the actors the two actors who do you want to start with do you want to start with jason bourne or bruce wayne definitely a jason bourne ah jason bourne okay well actually because i want to save the best for last so Ooh. all right what you got to say about uh jason bourne or goodwill um i think his accent was was pretty good like i I can only you know yeah i can only explain it this through this one thing i noticed but he always says the wheel the wheel the wheel yeah you know like that's that's just how driver know the wheel (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think the accent was good i i think his acting was pretty spot on especially near the end of the movie when he's like talking to to pete after his dad died no like, jupe <laughs> yeah like that was pretty good acting by matt damon but also he's he's played so many movies like his acting skill like is pretty much assumed but um i think overall he plays the character pretty well it's like very american wears a cowboy hat um, yeah. has his own company Shelby American. Yeah, I like it. Well played. Wait a minute. Earlier when I joked about this being a Marvel movie directed by Zack Snyder, and you mentioned Mars instead of Krypton, was it because Matt Damon played the Martian? Oh, you know what? Probably, oh, you weren't I, thinking that. I, I wasn't, but you know, it might just be the genius, the secret genius in me saying it without oh. me even knowing. Dang. He's he's just going back home to Mars. You know he did colonize it after all. You smart, you smart, Justin. Oh, yeah, I got so some tricks up my sleeve. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thanks, man. I'm glad you're you're hosting this. <laughs> all right. Well, since you talk about Matt Damon, I'll talk about Matt Damon. Um. Yeah, he doesn't have a standout role compared to Bale, but like, I really like to see his frustration. Especially with him dealing, him throwing his coffee mug. You know, I, I, yeah, sure, I love yeah. it. His frustration shows differently than Bale's. Like, he, he knows he has to handle himself. Ken Miles just lets loose. But I just love how he just knows that this guy is the guy. Because he's, he's a driver. He knows who a real driver is. And that is Ken Miles. Miles. We did not say that together. We had to work on that. <laughs> but that's okay. We're not together. So it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, is, is uh, are those all your comments on uh, Jason Bourne? I don't. He's he's good, man. I don't know what else to say. He's not as spicy as Charles is. As spicy as spicy. Bruce Wayne. But, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, nothing against Matt Damon. He's a great guy. Um. Yeah, went from the Boston accent to the South, um, South, not South American, the South of America. Southern, Mar- Southern, Southern. I think you should just say Southern. They they know what you mean. Whatever. <laughs> but he he's a great he's a great guy. Definitely a great combo. I like to see his his partnership with Ken Miles. They understand each other. They know each other. They will fight each other. And uh, yeah, I really like that those bro moments. There, there, there's some bros, right? Like, like me, mm-hmm. me and you, right? We're bros, yeah. right? Oh yeah, yeah. Man, it's been a while since our last fight. It must have been like 
22 years now. You are 22 years old. Exactly, because we never fought. Why? Why? I, if we didn't fight, then we're not cool, man. All right. Square up next Tuesday. By the all tennis right, courts at Ridgeview. <laughs> All right, you guys are all witnesses to this. Where I'm about to fight. I'm, I'm about to glass him today. Well, not today. When did you say? Uh, I said Tuesday. Tuesday? Oh, I'm about to glass him on Tuesday. Come and watch. We'll have all the safety precautions. Yeah. <laughs> all right, six feet apart. Air, air fighting. All right, why don't you choose the next guy to talk about? Oh, like there's a choice. Mm. <laughs> I'll I'll pick the uh the, the guy wearing the red shirt in the stands at minute marker uh fifty three. <laughs> just kidding. Uh huh. So Bruce Wayne. I just loved how angry he was all the time. He's so passionate about his work that when other people don't understand his passion or take it as seriously, he gets so upset. Like the like the dude in the in the beginning of the scene that doesn't know how to drive a sports car properly. He gets oh, yeah. so mad at him. Christian Bale isn't he's not mad at the driver, but he's he, I feel like he's definitely, he's definitely like messing around with him. He's like, I'm not telling you you don't know how to drive your car. I'm just telling you, telling you you're not driving it properly or something like that. Yeah, his attitude yeah, and man. status is, is so enjoyable because knowing that he, he doesn't have any bad intentions, but that's just how he is. Hey man, I love that. What are you gonna do? Yeah, happy Bill. <laughs> what was that scene? It's uh... now Bill. When you were a child, did you, did you grow up thinking, I want to enforce this article, uh, section number three, paragraph 52B of the SCCA? And then Shelby comes over and saves him. But... Hey, do we, have, do we have a problem here? Yeah. <laughs> Bill here, like, I really do think that Bill is an awful. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're saying it wrong. They, they throw an R in there. That's how they spell it. Or that's how they say it. Yeah, but even in British, uh, it's considered vulgar slang. So we're going to keep this... Um, non-explicit yes good good but yeah and also quick going back to, to phil um i feel like phil has always been the guy who is like there to clean up other people's messes not to clean up but to like take care of stuff when hot-headed shelby and uh and ken miles like go off somewhere like whenever shelby's selling car like shelby goes off and then phil comes in oh yeah you know let me close the deal okay how are you like, he's so like politically correct and friendly and uh hey, yeah man, you when, need um, that guy yeah, and then just like at the scene that we're talking about when Shelby goes to like talk to Ken Miles who is currently hammering his car to make it make the trunk space bigger. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, happy Bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just thought it's important to have Bill there. You always need a guy like that. Like whether it's in your company or like your friend group, you know. I feel like it's and important. you also need a Ken Miles in your friend group, right? Yeah, otherwise it's just not fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude christian bale he's one of those actors like i say it's hard to imitate him it's hard to do an impression of him because he's just so into his role like not only his voice but his his facial expression like do you remember that part when um matt damon says they want you to do it for that photograph he's like that photograph and yeah. then he's like your choice man and he's his just like his expression, like with his like frown, like he just really gets into that character, despite him playing so much characters. Like him and Matt Damon have played so much, but like if I'd be honest, like Christian Bale, he just seems to disappear into his roles more. Mm-hmm. It's not just yeah. his weight loss too, but like <laughs> his his expression is just it's very genuine. He really 
brings that character to life. Uh, have you seen The Fighter? No, I don't think so. Okay, well, he plays like a boxer, and he's just really into that role. Like it's his the way his hands move, the way he walks, the way mm-hmm. his neck like his he's a very much a physical actor. And like not in the sense that he loses a lot of weight and gains a lot of weight, which he did for this movie from going from uh, Dick Cheney to Ken <laughs> Miles. Like, oh my! I mean, he done more extreme back with the Machinist and the Batman stuff. Oh yeah, even yeah. the Fighter and American Hustle. Oh, Batman's like he's up and down on that weight scale. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's always disappearing. He's really a chameleon actor. Like he he really not only speaks like you know his actor but he moves in the way his actors move so yeah, yeah. you like that scene with him and uh, leah when they first meet <laughs> oh you guys met yeah yeah, yeah. oh my god Wait, that acting was so good they look at each other like mm, yep uh-huh yeah don't want to let hey, this man. kid yeah because i hate him so much but yeah we met is, is, is that your son can you can you tell him to keep his hands off the the um paintwork no 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 pete you're fine you're fine <laughs> my advice is lose the inline six in that idiotic three speed shorten the wheelbase and somehow lose half a ton and lower the price but even then i'd still choose a chevy chevelle and that's a terrible car <laughs> okay you've been practicing uh, <laughs> that no not really actually I wrote it down. I'm like, hmm, this is a really long monologue that because I, I really like the quote. I was like, I gotta write this down because it really just shows like his knowledge of cars and just he just doesn't care about executives. He he's in his own world, and that's very much like a lot of artists. They're very much in their own world, and yeah, that's he's hot headed. He's hot headed. What can I say? Yeah. Also about that scene, like that first. Like I I don't I don't think that's the first scene with Leah Beatty. Yeah, no, no, I don't think so, but. Like, that scene with Leo Beebe is what makes the whole world hate his character right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to hate to his character. Okay. We talked to, we talked about Matt Damon and Christian Bell. Do you have anything else to say about those two guys? Um, yeah, I think there's that, that one scene that I just want to bring up when they're fighting on the, uh, oh, on the yeah. park outside their house after Ken Miles gets his groceries. Like, this, this is such a bro moment. Like, just like that, that, I guess that theme you're talking about, but they're fighting, mm-hmm. punching each other in the face. And I think it's just so important to point out, like, so when they're fighting each other and, uh, and Shelby is behind Ken Miles and like, Ken is, or no, no, Ken Miles is behind Shelby and Shelby's like trying to get out of his grasp and the grocery is all over the ground. So he picks up like a metal can and he's about to bash Ken Miles in the head with it. He's like, no, 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 I can't do that. He's my friend. So yeah. he drops that and picks up the bread instead and smacks yeah. him with the bread, which is utterly useless. But it's still like, wait, wait, these are like actually good friends and they're just, yeah. they're just trying to, you know, figure something out together and maybe they're not the best with words, but they, they still like care about each other and they don't want to hurt each other. And I was like, mm, that is the epitome of brotherhood. Not the epitome, but a good example of it. That's what our fight's going to be like with peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. And air, air punches. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but Ken Miles actually does pick up that trash can later. He doesn't hit bash him <laughs> with it, but. Matt Damon goes in for the punch and he blocks the punch. So he oh, Matt yeah. punched the trash can and that, that got hurt. He really hey. acted that well. I don't know if he was acting or actually physically hit it, but like, <laughs> it, like uh, his reaction, like his, 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 his uh, scream. I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> that looked like it hurt. See Matt, Matt Damon crossed the lines of a friendly fight. Like can't actually throw a punch that hard. So he brought that on himself. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. <laughs> a fight's very civil. Well, we talked about the two main actors. We talked about some of the side characters, especially Leo. We talked about corporate interference with our creative pursuits or passionate pursuits as well. And just seeing how that passion takes with Christian Bale, especially him just like, despite not being in the race, continuing to work on his craft and as well as Shelby, like having to deal with all the crap of the corporate interference as well as the crap of Ken Miles. But I mean, you need, when you're, you know, when you're doing your stuff, when you're passionate about, like you can't do this alone. Ken Miles still needs his family. He has his wife and his son to support him as well as friends that support him with his car. They know, understand him. So you need people in your life to help you with in these things. So um, yeah, it's a good testament to passion, but also having that relationship with others to bring you to it. Because when the whole movie wraps up, in the end of the day, I think what is embraced most isn't the drive, but mostly the partnership that they had. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, that was kind of cute what I just said. It was. It really shows that brings out your soft side. Oh, I, I can't do that. I can't. I can't let people know that I'm soft, man. That's no, okay. Like... <laughs> Never mind. So let's go right into let's 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 drive right into all right. Let's oh, drive it. <laughs> let's drive right into Ford v Lexus and the racing scenes. Let's go right into that racing scene. Um, holy moly, that third act racing scene was better than Avengers Endgame. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Might not 100% agree, but I can see where you're coming from. Actually, if I had to be real, if you were to ask me honestly, I do like Avengers Endgame, but I actually think I like the third act or like the, like the, I, I, let's, let's say the whole Avengers squad versus, Than, like versus Thanos. Oh, Avenger v. Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually think the Ford v. Ferrari Le Mans. I actually like that sequence better. Okay. Why is that? Like I said, it's exciting. It's thrilling. It's very, very tense. There's some comedy moments in between. This is a Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's DC. I'm sorry. It's DC. Batman v Superman. All right. But um. Oh yeah. It's just really exciting. The part where it starts for me is when. Ken Miles walks in with his sunglasses and there's like that long take of him walking through. You hear the crowd cheering. He gets to his place. Henry Ford, the second, walks past. And you see Christian Bale not. Even though he, you know, he's he knows more about cars, like driving cars more than Ford, but he understands his place, that he's, in a way, he's underneath. He's serving Ford. Do you, do you remember that part where Ford walks by and he kind of nods? Like, yeah, I do. Like, yeah, this, I'm doing this for you. That was so subtle, but it got me thinking like, yo, that is like, despite him doing pretty much, he's he's the one who's winning it for Ford, but like he, in a way, acknowledged he's under him. He's This is just for him. He gets the most praise out of it, and he kind of submits to that. I think that's very crucial. Yeah. And then the race starts. He gets in the car. The bloody door won't close. <laughs> oh, you're bloody joking. He says bloody so many times. Yeah, he does. Yeah, what do you think about that door not closing? It's so stupid. I'm wondering, was this sabotage? Like, what happened? Uh, Actually, how come all the other four car doors working fine? But this one, I, I bet BB came down that night and was like snooping around, took the latch out, like, hey, 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 10 miles is going to have trouble tomorrow. Sneaks off with a smug look on his face. 
Nah, anybody doesn't know a lot about cars. Wait, but yeah, you're actually, right. <laughs> no, is is that true? Did he have door problems when he started? Do you know about that? I I didn't see that part. Now we'll have to look that up. Okay, I wonder if that was was added for a dramatic effect or historically, it was that because that did make it so that he had to catch up essentially to everyone else. That's true. Yeah, and then the car drives off. Car already crashes into each other. And then another car loses it, spins out of control, and just blows past them. Bloody hell. <laughs> I love how um how realistically it was portrayed. Like as a viewer, like you're watching these cars so far away, the cars don't really seem to be going that fast. But then like when you get that first person shot, like you see all the other cars basically like blow up in front of you and you're in like a car just like barely fifty feet behind them. I think that shot like depicted the the actual chaos so well yeah definitely yeah you guys heard it here man that racing scene is worth the watch that racing scene alone is worth the watch the editing behind it the sound when you're in the theater you hear that like that rumble the engines it's amazing as someone who is not into cars even i got hyped after that (laughs) overall i'll have to say that entire scene is just hype and it knows when to slow down and knows when to pick up the speed again. And yeah, 24 hours. They're literally driving for 24 hours. Yeah. And Henry Ford just go, walks off into a helicopter. It's a nice <laughs> dinner. Yeah. The difference, the contrast. Actually, one question. There's a part. Uh, first of all, the Americans are being cunt dinguses, stealing their stopwatches. Like, come on, bring your own stopwatch. <laughs> Okay, but there's that one part where I believe Matt Damon took a bolt and they dropped it at their feet. What was that about? Do you know what happened? I don't understand what they were trying to do. So it was actually not not a bolt, but you know. <laughs> Tell me what it was. I think for me, master. Yeah, I, th- I think he just did that to death their own mom, to make them to make them think that while they were fixing up Bandini's car that had just pulled in because it was smoking a little bit, that as they were fixing it, they took it apart, fixed it, and then forgot to like put this one last piece on to secure the engine. And so I think matches wanted to make them freak out over nothing. Um, just to like mess with them a little bit psychologically, but it wouldn't really do any damage. Like Bandini was driving fine. They wouldn't call Bandini back into the pit. It was solely just to get a little laugh out of them. Cause I was wondering like, that's some bad sportsmanship. That's, that was like, <laughs> made him, like that's, I was like, oh, that's not, that's not yeah, good. That's very bad sportsmanship. And I would have been a little upset with how that happened. Um, if it weren't for Ferrari being portrayed as like the uptight, cocky, you know, uh, repeating winner of Le Mans that basically um, disrespected anybody else who like challenged them because Ferrari knew that nobody could beat them. If it weren't for that image, I would be like, all right, yeah, you shouldn't really do that. But I thought in this case, it was just kind of funny. So do you know, like in terms of historical accuracy, do you know Ferrari was uptight or not? Yes. Some of the, okay, well, so in terms of historical accuracy, Ferrari was, I believe if they were bankrupt or going out of money, Ford did attempt to, to purchase them. And they did, in fact, use Ford to drive up the price. And they sold the majority of their stake to Fiat. So all, all of that is true. And in rejecting Ford, they also did insult Ford. Um, I think, um, okay. I don't know where it is right now, but... Um, yeah, wait, wait, let me, let me give you a second. So, uh... Okay, so that stuff was true. 
I just wonder, I just want to know more about Ferrari as a person because I have heard that people have said Bandini was actually a well-respected driver. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. That makes sense. And the, people said that the, the movie portrayed him as someone's cocky, but honestly, in that movie, he just he wasn't really given much. He was just given as a competition piece. Yeah, I don't think Bandini was cocky. Bandini, he just wanted to win just as bad as Ken did. Um, yeah, and also about the history thing. There's this uh, there's this piece online that says um, that Enzo Ferrari was very showy and vulgar in rejecting Ford's offer, and then Dang. yeah, and then afterward, uh, Henry Ford II. This quote is as reported in real life. He said, "All right, we'll beat his butt." Censored. But <laughs> dang, beat his dude. That 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 that's going over the line, man. Beating his butt. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I think I think both Ferrari and Ford, in terms of that the actual people, were pretty prideful. So okay, man. So do you have anything else to say about the racing in uh, Ford v Volkswagen? <laughs> Are you ever going to take out the word Ford and keep Ferrari? <laughs> nah, it's Ford versus everyone. Ford okay. versus the world. True. I like that uh, American uh, pride you got there. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, I think one. One scene that some people might have missed is at the end of the race when all three Fords cross the line together. Ken Miles gets out. He's like happy, smiling. He's so excited to see all the people oh, running towards him. He's like, oh, wow, I did it. And he's waiting for them to come to him and they just run straight past him. After he realizes that he didn't win and that he got screwed over, he looks up not to look at Ford, but he ends up seeing Enzo Ferrari. And Enzo Ferrari, yes. like, I feel like at the beginning... He, he looks at Henry Ford, and they acknowledge each other. But at the end, Ford's not in the picture. Instead, because Ford's all obsessed with McLaren, who ended up winning the race, and that crazy photograph. But in the end, Ken Miles looks up at Enzo Ferrari, and Enzo Ferrari gives him a little head nod, which, which in my mind, is Enzo Ferrari, the previous like, best automaker and winner of Le Mans for years in a row. Enzo Ferrari now recognizes Ken Miles as the true winner, and he recognizes Ken's driving and his skill, not so much Ford's. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up if you hadn't. And <laughs> it shows him that he, he, Ferrari knows who is to respect. Yeah. Yeah. And also I feel like, um, at least for Ken Miles, like if you were him stepping out of the car, then like you didn't get all the fame and glory that you worked so hard to get. But I feel like the fact that you were recognized by like one of the, the top winners from before, I feel like that's got to feel pretty good. That definitely would make things a lot better. And we see all the people running past Ken Miles. And, you know, we see Phil and Shelby, Matt Damon, coming to Christian Bale. And, you know, he was robbed. But I really liked them walking. Um, it was just Matt Damon and Christian Bale walking off away from the crowd. And, you know, they were happy. Like, you promised me to drive, not to win. And I think, you know, that solidifies that despite it being a robbery, like, it's a really good, nice conclusion for the both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think them walking off together, you know, like almost into the sunset as two good friends. Like that's, that's like very peaceful and heartwarming. But also I would say Ken now is like disappointed, but still content with his win as opposed to the earlier scene where he, when he was told he wasn't going, he was absolutely broken. But here he wasn't. Yeah. Because even though he didn't get the fame and glory, like he knew what he had accomplished. Yeah. And he was inducted to the hall of fame for motors. That's right. Yeah, and the reason I like these historical movies so much is because 
if it weren't for this movie, I would have had no idea who Ken Miles was. Miles was, and I wouldn't know about his hard work or his accomplishments. But it's because of this movie that me and probably millions of other people like now know his name and what he contributed to American automotive history. You know. Hey, I'm one of those people, man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Any other uh, final thoughts on Ford v Honda? <laughs> oh, man. Um, nope. The ending was pretty sad, but that's, oh, yeah. that's what happened in real life. I know. It's a true story. Why? Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's rate it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Let's let's rate Ford v Bugatti. All right, on the squad scale. Yes, you guys all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but let me remind. Let me do the reminder for the audience. All right, the way we um, rate it. So, um, I haven't changed the adjectives. We're gonna keep the same. But essentially, we're gonna rate it on a scale of squad. Squad being the name, being the acronym, because squad is spelled S K W A D. Right, Justin? That's right. My English teacher told me. <laughs> Good. So we're gonna scale it on that. So S being the highest, S is sublime. That's will be that will be like your um, five out of five, ten out of tens, things that um, watching movies that kind of transcend your movie experience. And then K for killer, because that was a killer movie. W for worth, it's a movie worth checking out. A stands for a movie, because you watch a movie and then the day, it's a movie. And D stands for dog. This movie was dog man all right i'll let you i'll let you rate it how would you rate this movie how would you rate ford v gucci <laughs> ford v gucci all right well this one's definitely either a killer or a sublime but i am i don't know i'm, I'm kind of hesitant to give a, a a top top rating like just you know you know i think i have to I, i'm gonna give it sublime i think this one was definitely one of the best movies and i will say I personally do have a little bit more bias towards movie that movies that are based on historical events, just because I feel like just the fact that these are true stories makes it a much more powerful movie. So I will expose that bias, but um, I think overall, it's so entertaining. There's so many like special technical moments like of the filming and of the acting. Um, and at the same time, like this is a movie that I would be willing and happy to watch over and over again. So I've only seen it twice so far, but like if a friend wanted to ask me, you know, to watch it and then the next week another friend did, I would be happy to watch it five times in a row. I'm not sick of it yet. I'm far from it. But Okay, man. Those are just my Dang. thoughts. Dang, sublime. Yeah. I would still put it as a killer movie. It's a killer movie to me. I was expecting that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. The reason why I don't put it as sublime is because I do think that runtime is kind of long. I think the ending kind of dragged a little bit. And I think there were some corny dialogue lines throughout the movie that threw me off when I first watched it. I got a little better <laughs> in the second watch, but there's some stuff that were a little bit corny, especially with the, I think the corporate stuff, like it's a very common thing to hear. Like people don't actually talk like that in movies, which is, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a movie, but yeah, there's some parts where, that when the executive's talking, it's like, these are probably not how executives act, but who knows? I'm not an executive, so what can I say? But yeah, I just think that some of the lines might have been, dialogue have been like kind of corny and stuff, but it don't matter. I mean, like I said, the second time I watched it, I actually enjoyed it a lot more. 
because when I first watched it, like I was a little bit confused. And this is something I said about Hell or High Water also. I feel like when you first watch it, there's some things that kind of throw you off and then you have to kind of adjust. But when you see it again, it definitely helps a lot. And I understand that us human beings, we don't have enough time to watch every movie twice, but I do think every movie should be watched twice in order to judge it. And that's just my opinion. But of course, we don't have time to, you know, watch it. So just just rate it when you first watch it. Who cares? <laughs> I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, like, if you want a more, like, accurate, like, rating, definitely watch a movie twice. So yeah, sublime movie for Justin, killer movie for me. And that should be, that should be enough to get anyone to go watch it. Yeah, watch for Ken Miles. Yeah, Christian Bale as Ken Miles. <laughs> yeah. Solid movie overall. Yeah, that's our that's our episode. Dude, we did it. That's our episode on Ford V Versace. <laughs> uh, that's not even a car brand, man. At this point, you might as well do like. <laughs> might, might oh well... yeah, we started with cars and went right down to just Italian stuff. <laughs> oh my oh goodness. My what are you gonna do next? Baguette versus spaghetti. Oh yeah, I forgot that. I should write. I should wrote that down. <laughs> Well, Justin, thank you for being here. And, you know, you get marked down history in this historical podcast as You're the right. second. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so do you want people to follow you? Do you want to tell them your Instagram? Is it oh. tag or anchor or name? How do you handle? Handle. Handle, yeah. Uh, I, okay. I, I remember this part from your last episode. You said it right then. You said handle, but I don't know what happened. Brain fart, maybe. But um, well, we had Charles explain his, but you know, <laughs> he doesn't have any posts. Wait, I love how I, he I'm said sure that. I love how he said, Yeah, be sure to follow me if you want to see an account with no posts. <laughs> Got me laughing, hey man. But yeah, sure, if you want to, you know, follow me as the uh, as a well known movie influencer, I'm sure after this podcast, yeah. that's what I'll be. Just kidding, <laughs> but yeah, my handle is a j.liu underscore underscore, yeah. Awesome. Now that's Instagram with some post. Oh, yes, yes. Some uh, some juicy post. Yeah, you know, going through some big moments in life. They are uh, far from finished, so, you know, be sure to stay tuned so you can keep updated. Hi, Hannah. Just want to give her a little <laughs> shout out. She, sure. Do you think she'll listen to you? Do you think she'll listen to this podcast because you're on it? Let's... Let's play a game. Let's let's see if she'll listen to it without me sending it to her or without you like specifically telling her, hey, like listen to like Justin on podcast. Let's see if she listens okay. to it. Okay. So that means I I can't cut that part out. Yeah, you can't cut this out. And then you'll know <laughs> because she'll know about this conversation if she listens until the end. But if she's just like, Oh yeah, I listened to it, it was great, and you'd be like, She'll be like, What? Then you'll know she didn't really listen to it. Okay. So if you want to follow me, you can follow, like I said, you can follow me on Instagram, Noah Rue Art. You can follow this podcast, Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts. And you can also look me up on Letterboxd where I uh, rate movies. All right. All right, how should we end this? I still don't know how to end my podcast, man. Yeah, I know. It's kind, kind of just like... shut. <laughs> um... Hey Justin, guess what? What?